When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the New Books Network. Get a chair, grab a seat, or we'll sweep you off your feet. We move, we groove, you got mail. Ease your legs, rest a while, all you gotta do is smile. We're swell, can't you tell you got mail? When the show begins, you better hold on real tight. Or before you know it, you'll be high as a kite. Take a break, settle down, we're the only show in town. SRO, don't you know you got mail? Give it up, don't think twice, we're a hurricane on ice. What the hell, give a yell, ring your bell, show and tell. Mademoiselle, give a smell, you got mail. You've got Mel. No. Get a chair, grab a seat. Is good enough. So, Deborah, we're here. We're here to celebrate. Yes. You want to? Do you want to? Yes. Go ahead. It's your program. Uh, it's not my program. This is your program. <laughs> no, today. But yes, I'm excited about my debut. What was that? It's your program today, yeah. dear. Okay. Uh, no, my debut book is coming out, but not for another quite a few months in May 2021, Freaky Funky Fish by Running Press Kids. I'm so excited. Freaky Funky Fish. That yes. name was that, that name was your idea? No. <laughs> Thank God for critique groups and other professionals, because my initial um, uh, placeholder title was Fantastic Fish. And then my critique group's like, that's kind of boring. <laughs> So then I can't remember if I started out, I think I started out with Freaky Fish and called it Freaky Fish for several, many, many revisions. And then a different critique partner said, you know, Freaky, I don't know if that's the right word, maybe you should go with Funky. And so then I asked my agent that, should we, should we go with Freaky Fish or should we go with Funky Fish? She's like, let's go with Freaky Funky Fish. And I'm like, oh, so there we go. And through the editorial process, the title never changed. And I, it's, a fan, it's definitely much better than Fantastic Fish. <laughs> Absolutely. I saw I had to look up the definition of funky. So oh, funky, ha okay. funky has two meanings. It can mean either great dancers, you know. Like, <laughs> okay. And there are some fish that dance. <laughs> For sure. Many. And mm -hmm. even, even more fish that dance that we don't know about. And, oh, I'm sure. Um, 
and then there is the um, the the bad smell, the funk funky smell, uh, which also fish have when you leave them uh, too long out, outside their environment. So that is true. <laughs> Didn't think about it that way. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a great name, full of alliteration, and. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the you you must be a very uh, modest person, because because when I asked you to be on the show, you said why me. So let me tell right. our viewers why you, Deborah. Um, I saw this amazing book cover on Kidlit four one one, or four eleven. Yes, I, and um, and uh, awesome, awesome, awesome website, awesome group. Yay, Elaine! Yay, Sylvia! Yay, people! <laughs> Yes, and, yes, they're awesome. Uh, and and um and I said, wow, what a book, what a cover. I wonder who wrote that. And then when I contacted you, it was like, why me? So I, I'm going to tell you why you. Um, the chance of a writer getting a book deal like that is one in several thousand. And you have maybe more than one book deal cooking. Um, th that same week that the cover was revealed earlier that week my second book deal was announced so it was a so, really really good week <laughs> so like you're like one in in a, in a hundred million you know uh, of these of all these fish swimming around in the school including <laughs> me trying to find an agent trying to find a publisher and you found both and you have two book deals mm -hmm. and and uh i had a sneak preview with your fish and it's yeah. wonderful we'll, we'll talk you. about it Thank you. And like you say to me, why me? Well, Deborah, that's why, because there must be some incredible stuff about you and we're going to learn. Oh, thank you. But there are so many, many other people who are, <laughs> anyway, go on. <laughs> no, well, we'll, uh, we'll, I've interviewed a few of those and I'm going to interview a whole yes. bunch more. Yes. But your, your book is very catchy. And, um, and tell us about your life. How did, how did you become a freaky, funky, fish writer um well you know like many many writers um i had some kids and I'm, i've always been a reader i mean i've grown up reading everything and um you know had some had some kids and just went to the library probably every other day just for something to do and um just checked out picture books and i just picture books like this didn't exist when i was young and i just fell in fell in love with picture books. And um, I, I've always dreamed someday, it was always a someday thing. Someday I'm going to be a writer. I'm going to have that cabin in the woods with the snow falling and, you know, write these great novels. And um, I just, I got addicted to picture books, just the, the blend of words and art and fun and fascinating. And just, I don't know, there's just something about picture books. And now my boys are way too old to even like picture books anymore. But um, yeah, I decided in I don't know, 2005, that I wanted to write picture books. And 15 years later, <laughs> actually 16 years later, my first one will come out. <laughs> so it's not easy. <laughs> not we'll, easy we'll, at all. We'll, we'll talk about that. And, and so you fell in love with picture books because of your own children? What happened when you were a little child? There were oodles um, of picture books. I guess I just, you know, I, I don't know. I grew up in a house with books, but I don't remember picture books per se. It just, you know, we had books everywhere. And um, I was four, one of my very first memories. I was sitting on a couch and I, um, Timmy, Sally, and 
I don't, there were three kids and a dog named Spot. So it wasn't a picture book because, um, but anyway, I, I just- Timmy, Timmy, Sally, somebody and a dog named Spot. Yes, and I just started reading it. My mom was in a different room and she was working on her sewing machine and she said, I was called Debbie back then. Debbie, what are you doing? I said, I'm reading. She's like, you don't know how to read. And I just walked in there and read her the whole book. <laughs> so, um, but we okay, just one had- second, One second, hold on, hold on. And you remember that? Yes. <laughs> So nobody I don't know if my taught, mom no, remembers it. Hmm? Right. Nobody taught you should be a saint or something. Nobody well, taught you to read and you just I, I think that there are some kids, my kids well, I mean, like I said, we read all the time. I mean, I had older sisters and we just there were just books everywhere. And for whatever reason, it came very easily to me. Um, it also came very easily to my boys. I mean, I don't know. There was just something mm. you know. I just loved reading and we, we had books, but I don't remember picture books. I just remember like young kids books, but picture books with just the gorgeous art. And I guess I just don't really remember them. So. So as a kid, the name of one book that you do remember. We had these Disney encyclopedias. <laughs> there you um, go. Yes. And they were, I, that and um, I don't know. We just our, our we had bookcases full of books that were the covers were ripped off and I you know. And then as I grew older, I read anything I could about horses. Um, I just remember any book that I could about horses, I grabbed. And once once I was in school, the bookmobile and library day were my favorite days, and I would just come home. And I don't have any like I said, I don't have real specific memories, but I just know that I always had books. <laughs> But, but before 2005, you had a day job. I had lots of different day jobs. <laughs> I um, went to college and I um, graduated with a degree in dietetics. And I worked in nursing homes for several years um, as the dietitian in the nursing home. And then I started working for a company that um, developed software for the clinicians and the financial people in nursing homes. And then I would go around the country and I um, trained nurses and social workers and dietitians on the software. And then that led to a different career um, with another healthcare software company in the HR department, just doing regular training, um, you know, human resources tech training. And then, then um, my husband and I were talking about having kids. I didn't want to be the one traveling all the time. So I actually followed a different path and took photography classes for a year and a half and did photography for a very short time and then had kids and then they they took over for a while <laughs> and then when I was pregnant with the third I decided I was gonna start writing and then for several years I mean three kids in three and a half years I literally wrote during nap time and that was about it <laughs> so I didn't get very far but then once they hit preschool then I started focusing more on it three kids three kids in three and a half years yes Wow, that, that's a very brave decision. <laughs> it, I don't know. It felt, it was good. <laughs> uh -huh. and, and they're all boys, if I remember correctly. They are all boys, correct. Mm -hmm. And they are now all three in high school. So it's, uh -huh. they, they grow fast. The days are long, but the years are short. <laughs> so Deborah, did you have, did you have like a moment, a moment of revelation where you said, Oh, I know, like you were sitting and eating your, I was going to say cornflakes, but you're a diet specialist, so you were eating um, Quaker oats. 
and you said, oh, I know what I want to do with it. It was like a moment like that or what? Um, you mean just in writing in general? No, writing for kids, right? I'm going to be what? a picture book writer. It was like, well, I'm actually, I'll have to give my nine opinion. in the morning and on yeah. a Tuesday. Actually, so we read lots of Dr. Seuss with my um, oldest boys and my oldest my oldest boy, who's now 17, was obsessed with fences, bridges, and stoplights. <laughs> so anytime we drove anywhere, as soon as we saw a fence, a bridge, or a stoplight, he'd be like, oh. And so I kept joking with him, someday I'm going to write you a book. It was a joke uh, called Fences, Bridges, bridges and Stoplights, because it sounded very Dr. Seussian, you know? And one time my husband was at a doctor's appointment or an appointment of some sort. He was flipping through a magazine. He actually vandalized the magazine, ripped out a sheet of paper, and it was an ad for the Institute of Children's Literature that said, do you want to write for kids? And he came home and he's like, you keep saying you're going to write for kids here. <laughs> so I felt challenged. So I applied and got in. And actually, the the week we found out we were pregnant with our third was the week I got my acceptance with the Institute of Children's Literature. So um, I did that course for, well, I took a six month break when my third was born. Um, but so I think over the course of two years and and that actually pushed me a little bit more towards magazine writing at first. So that's where um, I wrote several articles and it, it did end up successfully getting four magazine articles, nonfiction picture uh, published in um, children's magazines, Spider, Fun for Kids, and um, Boys Quest. And then probably by the time my youngest hit preschool, I um, decided I really, really, really wanted to write picture books. So um, that's just, then I dug right in. Amazing. So, and before that, you had not done much creative writing? No, um, no, I've always liked, like I said, I've always read and, you know, I've, I always had that someday dream I'm going to write someday, 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 you know, you just keep putting it off. You know how that goes. <laughs> so I, um, I, I, I put it off for 40 years. I know. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I was the kid who every year had, you know, whenever someone asked, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? I mean, every year I had a different career in mind. I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm just interested in everything. So I think writing especially because I like to write nonfiction. Um, I do write fiction too, but I think writing is actually the perfect career for someone who could not make up her mind what she wanted to do when she grew up. So <laughs> so now I grew up and I've decided I am, and now I'm successfully going to be published. <laughs> Incredible. So yes. uh, run us through the Freaky Fish, Funky. Um, yeah, so um, that Ferocious book is- Fantastic yeah. Fish. I love the alliteration. We can yeah. keep going forever. Funky Fish. Um, so yeah, that book came out about, um, in the spring of, let's see, 2018, I think, um, my agent had kind of, we had a conversation and she's like, here's a list of books that I could see you writing something like that, or you should be, you know, I just see your, your style in these books. And one of them, I mean, it was a whole big list of books. One of them was Some Bugs by Angela Dertolini. Detralizzi, something like that, Detralizzi. Anyway, it was called Some Bugs, and it was just a fun book about different things that bugs do. And um, I'm just like, oh, that it just stuck with me. And then um, I remembered years earlier, I had written a fiction picture book, but it had a nonfiction core to it. Um, so it was an informational fiction picture book, I guess. But it was a book about, it was called Not a Goldfish, and it was a book about... Um, two goldfish in a fishbowl that um, were trying to avoid becoming Kitty's lunch. 
<laughs> and one fish kept saying, well, what if we're not a fish? What if we're a different animal? And it came about because when I was in Disney with the kids when they were little, I, it, we, we were in the aquarium part of Disney and there were just so many fish named after animals. And I was doing Tara Lazar's Peeboidmo at the time. And so I just wrote, you know, animal fish, you know, just something with animal names and fish. So I wrote this book called Not a Goldfish that was just really fun. Um, and it just, so doing research for that book way back, I don't know, 2008 or whatever it was, 2010, 11, something like that. I just realized that there were so many, so many fish out there that were very interesting. So I decided to kind of, um, re jump into fish and, you know, um, and focused on how everyone's got this typical image of a fish, you know, you draw that fish and, but a lot of fish look nothing like that. And they, they don't act normal. Normal is probably not the right word, but so I just started to focus on the really weird things about fish. And that's where freaky funky fish came to be. Mm -hmm. So you, you've like, um, for lack of a better word, you've really dissected this. Uh, the back of your book has an encyclopedia of knowledge. Yes. With all the references, you know, you, you wrote a bloody master's thesis. <laughs> even all the references I use. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. It's a very, it's a very thorough, uh, thorough uh, <clears throat> look. But he, here's, here's the thing, and this is what I love about your writing, <clears throat> is that it's scholarly, but it's also hilarious, and it's also in rhyme, which yes. I teach my writing students never to do. Yes, yes. <laughs> Well, I do it. I do it. Then you do it. But we teach other people not to do it. But you have also the the meter. Mm -hmm. You know. So you you you. I was. I would say you've been reading too much Doctor Seuss, or Doctor Seuss, yes. as he, he was called. Um, you're you're of a, a German background, so you should yeah. know his <laughs> name was Doctor Seuss. Did you know that? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, moving backwards. So, uh, so, um, you have the meter and, and, and the rhyme down pat. How did you do that? Uh, uh, my very first picture book was written. I loved rhyme and, you know, I, I think that rhyming does come naturally to some people, but you obviously have to work on it. I think anyone can teach themselves how to write and rhyme, but it's not just, as you said, it's not just a matter of rhyming the last word. Um, but yes, so the, the meter came, I mean, again, it, it just, it came pretty easily. Um, but, um, and then it just became a puzzle. Once I found a fascinating fish, I'm like, ooh, how can I find a rhyme with, you know, sting? I'm like, what else do fish do? And so it was- Sing. Uh, yes, they sing. I've read, you, I've, read, I've, I've read your book. Yes, yes, that one sing is the, the play. And I'm like, and it's actually fascinating. And the back of the book contains a, a, a link, a website that you can go to, and you can actually hear fish sing in a chorus, like birdsong, every morning and every night. And it's fascinating to me. And I, just, I never knew that. I, I'm not an expert on fish. I don't have a background in fish. But, um, you know, you can teach yourself anything. Um, and it was, um, it. most of my books have taken years to write. This book came together. So I think, um, oh, I need to do a shout out to Paula Yu and National writing picture book week where you challenge yourself every day of the week of the first week of May to write a rough draft uh, a first draft so um I had the week before written I'm going to write one about fish and so I wrote my first draft during that week of 2018 and 
focused it on all summer. And I think by August, by Labor Day, I think it was at 18, I had sent it to my agent and then she had a couple of revisions. Uh, she didn't like the ending, which she had a very good point. Um, she's like, we need to get a little bit more um, oomph to the ending. So um, worked on that for a few more weeks. And by October of 2018, we were out on sub and right before Christmas, we had gone to acquisitions. And then it was because it was right before Christmas, it was middle of January before we got up 2019 before we actually got the official offer. So I've never written a book that fast before. Um, but it was so much fun. I love research. I mean, that's my problem is I can spend years researching and not writing. So <laughs> I don't I don't see that as a problem when you come out with such a hilarious and informative book. Thank you. Um, I, I bet you it's going to be a wonderful, wonderfully successful uh, book, and the the I first so. of the first of many, many, uh, and the second is in the offing. Um, and uh, I don't know if you want to talk about the second book, but I, I think I'll invite you back to talk okay. about the second book because we want to concentrate on the freaky, funky fish. So okay. how how did you succeed in doing what so few people um, succeed in, which is finding a uh, an agent um just it, you know it's very difficult it is it's so difficult i started querying editors first because i didn't really know what i was doing so i queried editors first with my rhyming alphabet book <laughs> oh, you have um, a rhyming alphabet book i do it now it's cute it's sweet it actually the meter is perfect i i do know that um but you know it's <sighs> not everything's going to sell and it's cute and it's sweet and um, kind of funny at the end with a funny little twist, but you know, there's mm -hmm. a million rhyming garden alphabet books out there. So <laughs> I, I, I will publish yours. <laughs> I, so, sight, I mean, sight unseen. I haven't even seen it yet. <laughs> I will publish it. Um, but no, so I probably started submitting to editors, I think in 2011, maybe something like that. And then, then I joined SCBWI, which I think every aspiring writer should join SCBWI. I went to my first conference and um, realized that I can't just write one book and that agents were the way um, most people would say, if you really want to get into the bigger publishers, you need an agent. So then I um, came up with a couple of, with one nonfiction idea and, but I, I probably spent three years just on those two books, you know, just kept submitting them out, kept submitting them out, not really getting anywhere. And then I went to another SCBWI conference and um, I do remember, you know, when they have an editor's panel and someone stood up and said, you know, after we submit, you know, how long should we wait to hear back? And one of the editors goes, you don't. <laughs> you start writing the next book because the odds are so small, you know, um, just don't worry about it. Forget about that book and start writing the next one. And then it dawned on me because I literally had probably revising and tweaking for two or three books for three, four years, again, while raising kids. <laughs> and I realized I needed to come up with uh, new books and I didn't know where. I mean, at that time, I'm like, I don't know how to come up with another idea. Um, and fortunately, somewhere, I don't know, through Facebook or whatever, I heard about Tara Lazar's, now she calls it Story, Story Storm, but back then it was Picture Book Idea Month, the month of November at that time, and you just wrote down an idea every day. And now, I mean, I've been doing that, now I have too many ideas, I'm going to have to live to be a thousand if I want to write them all out. So, um, <laughs> but then, you know, um, 
And then I joined Julie Headland's 12 by 12. And, um, but I didn't find my agent. I, I Lydia, um, I'm not sure how you pronounce her last name, but you know, Lydia. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to guess uh, Luda Kiris. Yes, yeah, something. Yeah. So she, uh, when I signed with it, when I announced. In Montreal, I signed, she's lovely. Hi, yeah. Lydia. I'm going to have you on the show, dear. Yeah, so I've done two, two blog posts with her now because when I posted in Kidlet 411, which is my favorite Facebook Kidlet group, um, that I finally signed with an agent in 2017. And I, I was very honest. I said, I've been submitting, that was my, I don't remember my numbers exactly. I think my ninth story I started submitting. Um, that was my 166th rejection before I got an agent. So, I mean, you just have to, you have to keep writing new things. You have to keep trying and you have to be willing to shelve books because I shelved a lot of books. And then that book that caught my agent's eye didn't even sell. It went to acquisitions four times, but it never sold. <laughs> so um, you just got to keep, it's don't give up is really what it is. Um, but you have to be willing to improve your uh, your craft. And I, I've taken so many classes, gone to SABWI conferences, I have three critique, four critique groups. Um, you have to be willing to take feedback and make changes. Um, the first idea, the first draft is never going to sell. <laughs> never is probably the wrong word, is likely not going to sell. We're, we're not talking about the first one. We're talking about revision number 37 here. Right, right. But even, even something that's great, some years just aren't going to sell. Um, so don't. I guess my advice is don't get attached to just one manuscript and again i write picture books and it's easier to i i can't fathom how that would be with novels because <laughs> you can't just churn out like five novels in a year where you can you can do that with picture books so. all right my wife wrote one and it, it took uh years it was published by the way but um oh, good it's an incredible it's an incredible amount of work Oh, I, I mean, picture books are a lot, a lot of work too. I think that a lot of people don't realize that they are a lot of work, but a very different know, but, but, but level. Every iteration is, you know, you spend a couple of hours and you rewrite it. And then right. you come back after a few weeks and you rewrite it again. Yes, um, yes. So, so here's the thing. Okay, so you've made it, okay? Um, and you are incredibly uh, gifted and talented and, uh, and, and fortunate. Yes. Um, but, you know, still, uh, there's going to be 99% of the writers who do not end up finding an agent and getting a book deal. That's just the way it is. Maybe, well, according to Harold Underdown, who was on the program, it's 1% get a deal. Okay. Uh, I um, love Harold Underdown. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. I don't know whether you can love Harold Lenderdown, but you're welcome to love him. Um, he's, one <laughs> no, he's got a great website. He's another great resource for children's writers. Yes, well, you know, truth be told, I'm working with him the past half year. And, um, you know, I, I worked before that with, uh, with a, a, another wonderful, uh, an author illustrator. Uh, so I'm, 
I'm very blessed to be working with the great people. So, you know, you, you wake great. up in the morning and say, um, hey, you know, um, I'm, I'm just lucky to have the time and inclination um, and the joy of writing this. But essentially, f for people like me, it's, it's scratching and itching. I don't know whether it is for you. It's like something I have to do. I keep you know, writing is scratching and itching and scratching some more. Yeah, I mean, there are certainly moments. I mean, you know, um, but hundreds you found of a rejection. There's you found a doctor. What was that? You found a doctor. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I'm saying we're all, <laughs> we're all itching and scratching, and you found a doctor. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, there are certainly moments where I, like, you know, this isn't going to happen, and you take a break. But, you know, obviously, I didn't take a break for long. Um, and sometimes the best thing to do is to take a break, because sometimes, you know, just distancing yourself from the manuscript can give you fresh eyes or, you know, something else will bubble up. I mean, like I said, I've got a million things I want to write. So when one book is not working and, you know, there are many books I've shelved and who knows, maybe I'll come back to them someday. Maybe I won't, but um, I have a list, hundreds of ideas that, you know, someday I'll, every now and then I'll just pull out and start working on one. It's incredible. So this is what you do full time now. Yeah, I mean, I'm a stay-at-home parent, you know, kids. But yes, this is what I, this is my only other thing that I do. It's incredible. It's really incredible. Um, so what what haven't I asked you? What would you like to tell my uh, my people? I don't know. <laughs> How do you stay bubbly um, and optimistic? Um, effort. <laughs> okay. And, uh, Oh, you know, it's either give up or, you know, try again. So some days, yes, I'm like, woohoo. Other days, I'm like, you know, this is not, I don't know. You know, you just, a lot of times it's just choice. Um, so, and yeah, so. No, <laughs> between you and you and the, the doorpost or with the lamppost or whatever, uh, there were days when you were ready to call it a day, um, you know, amongst your, 167 rejections? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, um, yes. And I've certainly taken weeks where I just, and I also, um, I highly recommend um, submission sabbaticals because uh, I think you can get so focused on finding the contract, you know, that you just, it, it becomes um, like an obsession. And after, you know, I kind of probably had my first round of submissions, like I said, in the early 2010, 11, 12 mark. Then I realized, oh, my writing isn't ready yet. So then I kind of did my second round, probably around 14 and 15. And then I started getting, they call them champagne rejections, personal rejections, a couple of revise and resubmit. Um, so I thought I was there. I mean, by 2015, I thought that was my year. And I did, I got close, but nothing ever happened. And um, yeah, and I was just kind of like, okay, I need to write different things. And so then I focused you know, a couple more months on just either taking classes or reading books or whatever. Um, the other big advice that I give, um, and Lydia's blog, my last time that I was on her blog, I shared that is to any picture book that you love, type it up. Uh, remove it from the pictures, especially because I'm just an author, not the author illustrator, which I have to do a shout out to my illustrator in a minute. Um, <clears throat> type up picture books, number the pages, everything, so that you get the feel and the cadence of what a picture book is. 
so many times, and I think it's because I started writing magazine articles first, I realized that my first stabs at writing really were magazine articles. They weren't picture books. Picture books are very unique. They have a pacing that, um, and so I've typed up probably 300 picture books since 2012, <laughs> if not more. <laughs> uh, and then, but then print them out and you can see that compared, you know, because again, you can get so wrapped up in the illustrations that you don't really see because most editors are buying the words and then they'll find the illustrator. So you need to see the words separate from the pictures uh, if you're a writer. And I, I do, I keep going back to books I've typed up that are like, ooh, I, I'm, I'm looking for this vibe or this pacing. And then I compare my writing side by side to the one without the pictures. Um, so I, I highly encourage everyone to type up okay, books yeah. that they like that speak to them. Har Harold gives this advice. I've never taken it, so I, I'm going to. I probably, I'm sure I got that from him. I mean, like okay. I said, I, I love so, his website. He's on KidLit411. Shout, shout out to Harold. So, so tonight I'm yes. going to try that. I hope you type yes, it. It is not unique to me, but that was advice I read somewhere, probably from Harold. And I, hope, I, I hope, absolutely, hands I hope down. you type rather quickly, Deborah. Um, <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, you know, so, yes. So I, I, of course I, I type. Before we talk about the Beatles, uh, and you know I'm going to talk about the Beatles, um, you were forewarned. Um, so um, why, so like I'm the opposite of, of you, for, which I guess is good. Um, okay. You know, I, I was a scientist my whole life and I wrote okay. nonfiction for a living. Um, and uh, and now I'm I'm you know, I'm, I'm trying to sell fiction. And as you know, now I'm going back to um, to try and pitching a nonfiction, mm -hmm. um, which sat aside for decades. So okay. it's all it's almost all spruced up and ready to go as soon as you say the word, but uh, and and, and it's, it's it's similar in some ways to freaky, uh, one second freaky funky, ferocious fish. Freaky funky freaky fish. Funky fish. Um, so why why do you have this penchant for for nonfiction? Isn't it more fun to make up world, worlds where the fish can do anything? Well, that was my first book about fish where they were doing anything. Um, I think everything comes down to, um, like I said, I, I, I could be a perpetual student. I love just reading and learning things. So I think that's where my nonfiction comes from. I just, um, I mean, I've written so many, actually, I thought, I thought my end was going to be writing picture book biographies because I love them. And I've written a lot of them, um, unfortunately have not sold them. And then when this idea came up, like I said, it was kind of a blending of a couple different things and it came together quickly. Um, but I just, I love, anytime I read anything interesting, I'm like, ooh, I wanna know more. So that's just where the nonfiction, I, I do write fiction, but most of my fiction is concepty. I'm not great at plot. So um, maybe someday I will be. <laughs> um, but like my second book would be a fiction book, but it's more like a concept. Can you say a sentence about your next book or not? Yeah. So my second book came along very differently than my first one. But um, basically, an editor um, had um, from Albert Whitman, Whitman had approached my agent and just said, our house wants a book called Tell Someone and just to encourage kids to have open communications through good thing, you know, good times and bad, but just to have the power of 
speaking up when they need to, um, or just talking about things. So um, my agent had approached me because I had written something about an emotion earlier for her. And she's like, do you want to take a stab at this? Um, so I said, well, I'll try. And so that's how that came about. So that was in January or February of this year. And then I wrote a couple different ways. And then so, um, and the editor liked it and they purchased it. So that's going to come out. It's called Tell Someone and it's going to come out in fall of 2021. So this is, so, this is really unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, that was, you know, it, like I said, it was, came completely years. differently. What was that? And, and you work for 15 years, mm -hmm. coming up with ideas, hopes, <laughs> and rejections. Right. And then a publisher says, right. hey, Deborah, can you write this book? You know, well, of course. Yeah, well, and I, I, mean, and I have to admit that I am not always... Um, a risk taker <laughs> and my gut reaction usually probably to try something new is my gut reaction is no, <laughs> but actually I don't, um, Kwame Alexander, he is from the same area that I live in. And when one of my first SCWI um, conferences, I attended a workshop from him and the workshop literally was called say yes. And he is like, anyone asks you to do something, you say yes. So when my agent asked me, <laughs> it came on the heels of a, a um, very it's a no-brainer Deborah of course say yes I know but that is not that that is not my initial reaction so when my agent asked me <laughs> it came right on the heels of a very heart-wrenching rejection and I am just like and then plus to write I, I don't you know the, the topic just seemed out of my comfort zone and I'm like I need to think about this and she's like okay and then of course when we hung up of course, within 10 minutes, I'm like, of course, I need to say yes, but that's just, it is not my go-to reaction. <laughs> so, so I wrote her an email. I said, of course, I need to say yes. I said, sometimes it takes me a little bit to get there, but of course I'll go, you know, I always say yes. So um, that's my advice is sometimes, you know, I, I know what my personality is and I'm not a huge risk taker in life. I'm, you know, comfort zone, you know, that type of person, but in order to succeed, <laughs> You do need to push yourself out of your comfort zone. So yes, I did. I, and Deborah, maybe you don't give yourself enough credit. You know, um, you have tremendous uh, stamina. You have tremendous you. optimism. I've never heard of a career of a writer who's done so many courses, who's typed out so <laughs> many manuscripts. You know, I mean... Um, and, and I'm thinking that after we get on this, uh, after we get on, off this call, uh, somebody should set up a publishing house just for your books. Oh, thank you. And, and okay, <laughs> as, as I'm not that good. <laughs> no, I'm sure they are. So, but now that our, our conversation is coming towards the end, um, okay. it, it's a good, maybe it's an opportunity to show some of the artwork and thank the artist. Oh, yes, thank you. Because, I mean, obviously, as a writer and not an illustrator, you know, these books don't come about with talent without talented artists. And um, so Running Press Kids is my publisher and they um, found Claire Powell. And you know, this one, it took them a while to find an illustrator and it was totally worth the wait, but you know, publishing is so slow and it's really, really hard to wait. But this cover is so fantastic. It is just, and then, I mean, the illustrations, you've seen um, 
an early, you know, uh, yeah. a PDF version of the book. She did such a fantastic job. Her name is Claire Powell, and she has a huge library of books behind her. She is a talented illustrator, and I am so honored that she has illustrated Freaky Funky Fish and brought my words to life. And, you know, beyond my wildest dreams. Uh, you know, when you write, you have images in your head, but you know, you have no idea how the illustrator is going to take it. And um, I, I cannot tell you how happy I am with the illustrations in this book. Every single fish has a personality in this book. Mm -hmm. And um, the end papers, which you have not seen, um, just have, I don't know, there's just so many reasons there's, to chuckle. There's end papers? You, there is, saying? there is. This, this yes. book is, is like a filter fish. It's full of everything. Um, yes. Wow. Uh, <laughs> incredible. So, you know, like I was, I, to use a, um, a, a, a metaphor here, you'll excuse me. I was hooked when I saw that cover. I didn't know you and I didn't know what was going on. I yeah. said, oh, wow, I, I have to get to the bottom of this. Um, right. So, and, uh, and when, when I phoned you, it was like, um, who are you? Uh, why should I do an interview? Why me? <laughs> Uh, well, we're, we're coming to the end. Are you it's, are you okay now? Because we're live and you've been yes. terrific. Yes, it was. Uh, well, when you first messaged me, I wasn't aware of you've got mail. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just oh, assumed because Lydia has reached out to me. You know, I assumed it was a blog interview. I'm like, sure. And then when you sent me the link with your um, interview with Harold Underdown, I'm like, oh, <laughs> uh, like I said, I, <laughs> I am. Um, not someone who, as I shared last week, I'm like, I need to talk to you before I say yes. Um, I'm not a spontaneous person. <laughs> so uh, my comfort zone. I, I, is... I, th I think I think you've done very well, you know, three oh, kids, three and, a, three and a half years, uh, dozens of different professions along the way. Yeah. Uh, and a very hardworking writer. Thank you. Um, and it's all, it's all. So uh, before we close, and I hope that uh, we'll have now a uh, offline conversation over the next okay. coming days and weeks. Um, but certainly, I want to thank you for being on. You've got Mel, our fiftieth interview. Well, and now's thank the time you. To, this is this talk, is fun. Yeah, to talk about the Beatles. Um, and and certainly, you are. I, I know that you are a woman of of music because of your terrific rhymes. So, do you like the Beatles? I do. In fact, it's funny you mentioned that. One of my other dreams as a kid, but we didn't have the money to do it, was to learn how to play the piano. My mom was self-taught. We had a piano. So I could like, I could play with one hand and just kind of mess around. Yes, there you go. So um, my kids are, they, they all started taking piano lessons and the oldest and the <clears throat> oldest one did it for a few years. My second one fell in love. He's still taking piano lessons. My third one, after two years, I mean, he was little. He's like, I'm done. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take his spot. So I am learning how to play. I take piano lessons <laughs> and um, I love it. I'm not great, but I actually last night just played two Beatles songs on the piano. So <laughs> let it be in yesterday. <laughs> in preparation so, for our conversation? I had, yeah, I, I, it, it seems, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. It's not coming to my brain right now. Um, the, word, the, word, the word is bashert, but it's the word in Yiddish. Okay. Yeah, that is so, not the word that I had in my head, but it sounds perfect. <laughs> meant so, yes, to be. I do like the Beatles. Meant to be. Meant to be. There you go. So, yes. so you, have, you have now two, two, um, two uh, possibilities. 
Uh, one is the non-fiction of uh, going over to the piano and playing it, and the fiction one is to is to sing a Beatles song for us. No, no, <laughs> no. A little bit of yesterday. Uh, no, I I do not sing. I do not sing. Okay, so um, I think that you do. <laughs> I do not. Um, you can recite yesterday. You're putting me on the spot. I can't come up with the words right now. I'm very nervous. <laughs> Are you nervous? All my troubles seem so... So far away. Now it looks as though they're... Here to stay. Oh, I believe in yesterday. <laughs> and uh, Deborah, I believe in you. I, it was incredible to, uh, to have this interview. And I do hope uh, we stay in touch. And who knows? Yes, definitely. Maybe meet at an SCBWI meeting. Um, Someday, when we can travel again. I can't wait. I was supposed to go to Ottawa. There was a oh. meeting in April where I was supposed yeah. to go back to Ottawa after 50 years. Yeah. Um, my husband and, and I had a 20th anniversary trip for Italy at the end of April as well. And never been to Europe. That was my first time. And of course, it didn't happen. <laughs> So, yeah, but someday, uh, you know, optimism, right? Optimism, someday, someday soon. Okay. It'll and all I, happen again. I, I was going to meet my uh, other mentor, Mike Malbra in New York. I had it all planned. Okay. You know, yeah. We, uh, there's an expression that uh, men think and uh, God laughs. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> Yes. So, so nature so, has the last word. <laughs> absolutely. So listen, this has been incredible. And thanks so much, Deborah. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I hope that you'll share this. Uh, it's your first, it's your first video conversation about your book. It is. It is. It is. It's very um, surreal. Um, I will share it. Um, I didn't tell too many people about it beforehand because I was really like, it doesn't go well. <laughs> I'm not sharing it. <laughs> But this but was went, fun. Thank you so much. It went really well. And um, I'm just incredibly grateful to uh, to know somebody like you. So keep oh, up the you. good work and, and we'll be in touch. And, and good luck with Freaky, Freaky Funky, funky fish. fish. Yes, Running okay. Press Kids and Claire, Claire Powell. Just yes. awesome to work may with. All your, may all your fish fly off the shelves. I hope so. That's the goal. <laughs> I'm going to buy one. Good. Take care, dear. Thanks. Thanks so Bye. Much.